This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Shake Them Ropes, episode 302. Jeff Hawkins here, as always, along with Chris Novembrino. Today's episode, we're going to talk a little XFL, of all things. Raw scores its lowest rating, and the new Daniel Bryan is definitely new. Uh, Chris, by the way, study came out today from a Harvard researcher saying that the perfect serving of French fries is six fries. I'm going to die happy. <laughs> so does that mean that perfection compounds the more fries you have? Or uh, that one can be sated entirely on six French fries? Uh, when he says perfect, perfect for health reasons. Oh. Okay. So so that extra large great McDonald's French fries, and McDonald's does have the best French fries. Oh, so then there's that's the other part, right? So there, there's a number of different French fries and a number of different ways to cut the French fry. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, what, on, what are we on, talking about here? I don't think he meant like those big old steak fries that you get from so four you me, Well, I'm not talking about like the steak fries, but like there's a place around here that does really good French fries, but those are substantially bigger and... I would argue just more substantial than uh, the McDonald's fry. Are we talking about a McDonald's Wendy's fry? Are we talking about a sit-down restaurant? This is actually at one point was a potato instead of something. Well, I, I you know what I, th- I think there's a happy medium here, and that's to order tater tots, which you should always what? do. If Why you is have that a compromise? It's like I, a compromise from hell. Eat I, tater tots. Tater tots are the best. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh no. Th- this might be your worst view. I might. Well, I mean, I like. Well, no, I like onion rings too. So no, that, onion rings are fine. That's that's onion a rings are fine with that, you. That, okay, that's a perfectly acceptable view. That's okay, not. That's not the issue here. Because some people get like that, and like I like the sweet potato fry occasionally, or the sweet potato tater tot. It's pretty darn good too. But uh, no, if if tater tots are on the menu, I will always get that over a fry if I can't get onion rings. Why? Why are they called tots in the first place? I because they look like children. Is really they're, they're, they're <laughs> no, like miniature no. potatoes, and, and when you look at it, you're like, "Aw, <laughs> yes, you're eating little potato children every time you have tater tots." Oh, yeah, the think about that. Already... The next time you sit down to have your tots, Jeff, we're t- we're two and a half minutes in, and I'm already off the rails and possibly off the wagon. Um, well, I wanted to talk about something fun on this show before we did the show. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm, 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 you know, poutine. People like that, but I'm, I'm a tater tot guy for some reason. I like, uh, I like them with some bacon bits and cheese. I like them plain. I just want them hot. And the problem with fries is you can either get them if you know the, the heat leaves the fry way too quickly. I think. T- All right, tots. you're killing me with the tot talk. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I tried. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to go there with you, but, but we we do need to move on now. I believe the, okay. the XFL. They're okay. doing things. I, yes. I, I uh, tomorrow or by the time most of you listen to this today, the uh, eight teams for the XFL. Vince McMahon's football venture. I I guess. Uh, it Once more into the breach, good will man. Be announced. Well, I, I, here's here's how I want to talk about this because there was a report today that he is again 
cashed out about $22 million in stock, presumably to help fund this thing. And from a wrestling perspective, this could also be bad. I'm going to tell you why. When the last XFL was canceled, and I was a big fan of that XFL. I went to the Million Dollar Game in L.A., I, I was pleased with it. Um, you know, it was, it was a football product, and I was such a football fanatic at that age. But when he, when the last XFL went under in 2001, he started to book really angry. He came back to wrestling with a chip on his shoulder, and he laid into fans. He laid, That was when the invasion happened. I mean, he really booked angry. And, and I'm thinking... Look, I think he's going to lose his ass on this. I think he's going to lose, a, I mean, we're talking almost hundreds of millions of dollars on this thing when it's in the end, depending on how long it goes. I don't think it lasts a season. I think the... Uh, no, I think it goes at least two. Like, he's not just going to give up at the end of one season. Well, the competing, the competing league, the uh, Alliance of American Football, which starts in February... This that that's three months or two months away. Has better backers, has more involved recent NFL players involved, has better money behind it, and has a network partner in CBS. When the first XFL came out, it was a fifty-fifty venture between WWE and NBC, and then NBC eventually said we don't want this anymore, and WWE went off on their own and dumped a whole bunch more money into it to try and keep it going. But I mean, this Alliance American Football is backed by Peter Thiel. Uh, Peter Chernin, Charles King, a, a bunch of big money guys, and they also have a bunch of recent NFL alumni in there. And also, their their game plan is is a little bit better. I'll, I'll, let me put it to you this way: the the cities that they have these teams are not NFL cities, and they're all kind of hotbeds. I mean, of football in one way or another, or at least. They, they're using kind of the minor league system of places that don't have professional teams. They have San Diego, which lost an NFL team, Salt Lake, which never had an NFL team, Phoenix, which I think is the weakest of the cities they're in, San Antonio, which had the Saints for a short time after Katrina, Memphis, which is in SEC country, doesn't have a professional team in Memphis, I don't think, because I think uh, I believe that the uh, Tennessee Titans play in Nashville. Atlanta, eh, that's a questionable choice with the Falcons. Birmingham, Alabama, which I think is a great city for a minor league football team because of Alabama, even though they have that, and Orlando, Florida. Now, a few of these are cities that the former World League slash NFL Europe were in as well, and it didn't quite work out. But if a secondary football franchise is going to work, and I don't think it will because I think the NFL is just too good, and I don't think a second league can be sustained, Though that's the kind of thing I would do. That's the kind of game plan I would have. Now, tomorrow, they will officially announce the cities for the XFL. Now, you said you wanted to guess the cities. Guess the cities where we're supposedly going to have XFL franchises. I'm going to say Las Vegas. Wrong. Wrong. That's okay. That's okay. Because I'm going to be right on Portland. Nope. All right. That's okay. That's okay. Chicago. No. All right. Three for three. I will say Boston. <laughs> no. Okay, not Boston. That's all right. That's all right, because I'm going to nail this next one. It's going to be 
Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right, I'm cutting you off. Here are the, <laughs> here are the cities. Okay, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa, and Washington, D.C. This is ridiculous. This is a terrible way to do not, this. Not only does Vince McMahon, he's not a football fan. He's not, he doesn't know anything about sports because he's so involved with the WWE, but he thinks he can come in here and do this. He thinks big cities are going to be the, the path to success. Well, there's the most people in big cities, damn yeah, Exactly, exactly. And, and this is where his kind of the, the – I mean, you see when he does Raw and SmackDown, he only plugs the major metropolitan cities he's in because that shows we're high class. There's something to be said for working with a smaller – business plan or smaller kind of thing and building it rather than thinking okay we need to compete with the nfl immediately let's go into a bunch of cities with the exception of st louis and i'm not sure he doesn't know that there's not a team in st louis anymore this isn't like an abandon all cities strategy this is there are smaller cities that get less serviced by major entertainment acts and that really is as you're saying the place where wwe could clean up and where the XFL could clean up. You find the places where they don't get to see a lot, but there are still people who live around that area. And yeah, you're not going to get as many heads, but they will become loyal fans because you're the only game in town. Los Angeles couldn't sustain an arena football team. What makes him think that Los Angeles, which now has two pro teams in the Chargers right, yeah, there's a lot and of the people, Rams. But there's a lot of stuff, too. There's two pro football teams. There are two pro basketball teams. I mean, it's just, yes, there are a lot of people, but then you're also competing against a lot of known quantities. Yes, and quality quant- known quantities. Because both the Rams and the Chargers are going to make the playoffs this season. So you're telling me you're going to get you're going to come in with your rinky-dink third-rate because the Alliance American football is going to take the second-tier players. So you're basically going to be getting maybe Division three quality football players on these teams, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, you're going to get those. Because, again, oh, there's a fourth option as well, the Canadian Football League. So I'm just... I, and, and here, and of course, going through the wrestling prism, when he fails, and he's going to fail on this, this is not going to be a success. And I don't know if I'm excited or more excited or worried about that. Because I, because what happened to a younger Vince McMahon with the World Bodybuilding Federation, with ICO Pro, with, with the XFL in some ways, is then he dedicated every waking moment to building up the WWE again as better than these organizations that failed or better than competitors because he used to trash the NFL all the time. My question is, what does an ornery mid-70s Vince McMahon do when he takes this beating? Is, is it then time to put up the guns and say, I'm done being a gunfighter? Or does he, you know, or does or is he, he I, no, 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 no. He he's going to get his digs in. Yeah, right. No, no. I'm going to get the magic back. I'm not. I'm yeah, I'm old, but I'm not washed up yet. This is I'll show end. them. Yeah. Damn it. No, he's totally someone you're going to have to beat twice. And he is going to come back to wrestling. And if this is happy, Vince's wrestling, excited about the future of Vince's wrestling. I'm terrified, Jeff. <laughs> I'm uh 
I'm going to be interested because I think what's going to happen is he's going to come back and he's going to start putting competitors out of business. I mean, we've already seen that they've changed some deals with some of the U.K. indies going into next year because that territory is now going to be, you know, it's going to have your NXT takeovers. You're going to probably get a PC in there in the next few years. And it looks like they're going to be possibly expanding to Australia. They're looking at Japan. Yeah, okay, so let's put the optimist spin on this before we get into the pessimist spin. The optimist spin on this is that Vince comes back, realizes, you know what, I'm really not a football guy. Yeah, you should have figured that out 20 years ago. Comes back to wrestling and says, I'm going to focus on the global expansion of WWE, really focus on the, the first W in the WWE, and... Get this thing launched in China, get it set up in Australia, really have that international network so that when I leave, I can say I inherited my father's regional federation in America, an American regional federation from you know the New York area and the Northeast, and made it a national one, and then made it a global one, or set up the roots to make it a global one. Well, that's, you know what, you bring up something that I, I, I thought about and I had in the back of my mind, and I kind of had put it away for a while but this is his family's what the hell was that that was the tray where good things are don't worry about that you just continue talking <laughs> well anyway stay focused eyes on the prize here I, I'm, hawkins i'm sorry i'm trying i'm trying to you know try to work around your illicit substance use chris no um <laughs> I, I, you're not even using any. It's creating huge obstacles for you right now. I'm, I'm using the legal substances. Thank you very much. Um, which in, entails quite a bit out here in California when you think about it. But anyway, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, legal is really kind of ambiguous in this shut, conversation. Shut up. I'm trying to get focused here. Get focused. Come on. <laughs> Discipline. Anyway, okay. This is his family's legacy. If he's bleeding up to $100 million or so on this thing to try and make it work... Yeah. What kind of panic is going to go through that organization? I'm worried. Like the stock price, the very high stock price. I want to be careful with my words here. Uh, But if, if let's say that very high stock price stopped being very high because of the XFL, perhaps, and people taking a look at the books, that could be a real problem. Let me posit now the pessimist view um, sure. through the through the lens of Raw, because, I, you know, I, I don't know what I thought of Raw, to be honest with you. I, I thought, you know, because after last week, last week was dreadful. You could this say is this still really was, bad. Yeah, you could say this was an improvement, but... When what Vince, is that really saying? Yeah, when Vince McMahon said he knew what the problem was with live events and that he was going, then they were taking steps to fix it. I have a sneaking suspicion that this first hour and a half to two hours of Raw is his version of the solution, which is these live skits out in front of the audience. We need more of these, and we just need them back to back to back to back. Like, on on this show, you had... You had the open forum with the women. You had the, the video package for Baron Corbin. You had the, the, the gold medal presentation. You know, uh, Ms. TV, you could put back to back. You know, the, the, he's thinking you need five or six of these a week in your 
program to keep it going, whereas these types of things would be spread out once a week and would be far more memorable. I mean, could you imagine having two or three Festival of Friendships every No, having week? one of these every so often is great. The Festival of Friendships segment yes. is a sterling example. But people watch wrestling to watch wrestling. Yeah, and he I, spends I, so much time thinking about sports entertainment that he forgets, and thinking in that term of sports entertainment, that he forgets that ultimately people still are coming to see wrestling. Like, they, they kind of expect it. They don't want to see extended skits forever. Yeah, and I think he's in a bit of a... They're, they're in a, The company as a whole is in a bit of a... It, it's a bit of an identity crisis because I think the audience... I, I think they're misreading the audience in some ways because I think and I think there's a certain segment of fandom that gets this wrong as well. Good matches aren't what's going to bring people to the dance. I think people mm-hmm. I think people like Becky and are cheering people, you know, when they're saying one more time to people. They want the violence. And I'm not talking the ECW style violence. I think they want that kind of they kind of want like the a territory more strong style, the, yeah, territory, the, the, the yeah, territory yeah. style, badass. Like your good guys are are tough, but they're nice, and your bad guys are cocky and bad, but they can fight when it comes down to it. And I, yeah, your strong style in some ways. They want a little stiffness, but the, uh, yeah, they want the a little snugness. stiff. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's why Becky's getting cheered. I think that's why no, Charlotte got bloodless. cheered. That's why Ronda got cheered. Like, I mean, it's I don't the even fact need that the blood. I don't need the blood. No, but no, I mean, I'm, just not saying, Charlotte- I'm not saying when I say bloodless, I'm not saying it in the context of there is no blood. I mean, like bloodless, like the metaphorical way where there's oh. no passion. Soulless. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. soulless. It's choreographed and it's nice, and you get to see guys jump over the top and do their little, you know, do their flips, and you get to see the Lucha House Party do a three-on-one match, which. But there's uh-huh. no inspiration. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. This, so this is pretty bad when you start going section by section. Yeah. Um, so where to start on 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 uh, on this week? Do you want SmackDown? Do you want Raw? Is there a segment that stands out as we need to address this right now? Oh boy, I am not a fan of Dean Ambrose as Bane. I guess we can start from right there. The fire rises. That's yes. That's another segment that was just it. It was one of these sizzle type segments for the live audience, and we I joked about him coming out wearing a gas mask. And then I saw it on my TV screen, and I was like, oh, no, all of my jokes are coming to life, and they're taking all my bad ideas and missing any of the good ones. I would take him speaking like Bane, as opposed to speaking like how I think Vince McMahon thinks of people in the South. Vince McMahon hasn't even seen Batman. He might have by now. <laughs> Maybe he's about by twenty now. years on a plane. He's about on 10 an years behind. Yeah, sure, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so he may have, may have seen this, and and it's uh, yeah, that's Dean, Dean Ambrose. His gimmick is he doesn't like smelly people. Where are we going with Renee on this? <laughs> where what is the deal? Where do you think that ends up? I, they're clearly doing something with this now. I think they do an angle where I think they do something where where he disowns her at just to get over his heelishness, makes her cry, something like that. 
Oh, see, I think she's going to turn heel. We have Corey Graves for that. Do I need a heel on two heels in the booth with Michael Cole now? I think Graves can occupy that middle ground. His com- his character is sort of gray enough that it doesn't have to be straight black hat. Hmm. Okay. Um, like, for example, yeah, but- Seth Rollins. He's always made himself a fan of Seth Rollins, sort of regardless. I mean, he modulates a little bit when... When he's being told to be more strictly heel, but like he he's given himself a lot of outs to like the baby faces, and he can kind of pick and choose. Yeah, I'm I'm just uh, I I don't know. I I I thought the delivery by Dean was okay. I just didn't think the content was that. Good. Right. Yeah. The material's I, I, awful. Yeah, the material, I, and I don't know. I, I, I'm. I would love to know, you know, you know, if, if Dean is a, you know, is now it, 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 here, here's the disconnect for me is that Dean is talking about how he can't trust people and he was always consistent. And now he has quote unquote followers out here following him. Why do you have people following you? If you if, can't if, trust people, if you can't trust strangers, people. you just yeah, met exactly. Them. Yeah, I, I, I get the visual. And I think they just did not do that second-tier thinking where they're asking questions as to, well, how is this consistent with the character then? But um, Well, they abandoned <laughs> ship on keeping anything consistent with the character. And I, I think, honestly, sort of pressured to write out and elaborate why Dean Ambrose is doing what he's doing, they've moved into kind of heavy-handed gimmicks like this. Yeah. And and movie, ba- it's so funny because when he was with the Shield, we thought that uh, oh man, Dean's doing his Dark Knight impression of Heath Ledger's Joker, and now he's Bane. All of a sudden, <laughs> just you know, maybe he'll go back to race Al Ghul from the first one for for his next incarnation, and we get the entire Batman trilogy that way. Dean would be better as Scarecrow than as Bane. Oh, that's true. There you go. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll hit all the Disney or Disney, all the Batman villains Disney. today. I don't know. It was it was a night of uh, everybody had a run in or a distraction. It seemed on on Raw, but I, there was one little thing I did really really like, and it was for a guy that we've kind of been down on of late. I liked that when Corbin came back with the just terrible stipulation that it was now a handicap match between the AOP and Drake Maverick versus Bobby Roode, that Bobby Roode immediately had a sense of urgency and started going for the pin. I I was like, thank God we have a smart baby face on here. I'm sure we have, sure we've now started to give baby faces friends again, even though now they're just, (laughs) <laughs> They're just interfering willy-nilly as opposed to when necessary. But I liked that spot a lot. I liked that he got more and more violent. I liked Drake Maverick holding on to the uh, ring post there so that Bobby Roode couldn't get to him knowing what Bobby Roode was up to. I thought that was a nice little logical touch that is that is so often missing in WWE. Yeah, that was kind of the bright spot in that whole little segment. But, I mean, it was just so massively overbooked, right? Yeah, well, everything in, in on this show I thought was a little overbooked. Right, you know, Apollo Cruz is coming down to help save people, you know, out of the. He's blue. helping Finn Balor. They're now buddies, and and, and Finn now Balor's Finn, helping. You have Dolph. the friends of Finn, right? And Finn helps Dolph, and Finn has helped Elias, and it's like Finn's making this little buddy crew 
thing, but I don't think that that's ever going to develop into anything. I think just they will be random tag team partners at various yeah. times. Well, I think what's going to happen is in order to get the heat back from that Finn Drew McIntyre segment, I don't think Dolph has completely turned just yet. So he'll probably do something heelish to Finn just to screw it all up. And then eventually, or or there'll be a miscommunication or or something of that effect. I, I could ju- I could see them bailing on the on Dolph the Ziggler Dolph face turn. I mean, just, nothing matters with Dolph Ziggler, right? Yeah, no, it doesn't. And that's the that's the shame. It is that's a guy I like Dolph Ziggler a lot. I think Dolph Ziggler looks like a million bucks. I think he t- could talk better than the script they give him. And I think in a world of traditional wrestling booking, if he had a manager like a Gary Hart or Bobby Heenan to play off of, he'd be he'd be world title contender. But left to his own devices, and he's going to be the guy basically to put Drew over. To That's get a really good point. Level. I had never really envisioned Ziggler with a manager. But now I'm doing that, and you could totally have him as like Rick Rude. Well, back very, in the day, exactly. Yeah, that no, that's that's what I'm th- that's the archetype I'm thinking of is is that Rick Rude. Rick Rude didn't need a manager, but having a manager made him a better promo because I think he didn't have all the ideas, but he had a few, and then when the manager spoke, he could play off of it. Like, when Ric Flair was saying he wanted to build a horseman in the WWE, Dolph Ziggler was his choice to be a Ric Flair, I think. So, I mean, I don't I don't want to put him on that kind of pedestal. And Ric Flair would have definitely overshadowed any kind of stable like that. But, no, that's just the kind of guy there is. But right now, I think that's... I think the barn door is closed on that, so to speak. I, I don't think... Uh, I think it's too late to rehabilitate Dolph in that kind of way. He's going to be a solid worker who has great matches, especially with Seth Rollins. And And if you made him a consistent heel, he could have nice, steady, upper mid-card heel heat for the rest of his career, kind of like The Miz has enjoyed over the last couple of years. Um, But that really is the ceiling at this point. He'll never be a strong babyface. The crowd just doesn't attach to him. So in every match, pretty much, we had... Baron Corbin eventually changing the rules to help the heels, except of course, except in the Lucha House Party. Lucha unless, House Party, unless Jeff, all of this is meta, and the Lucha House Party are actually heels, and the person who has made these rules, which is ambiguous, and they seem to allude to this person, so there is someone making these rules, is in fact Baron Corbin. And this entire time, Jeff, here's where I'm going to blow your mind: the revival have been faces. That's why you love them. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, no, no. I I think it's because Dash and Dawson are short. And so, as we saw in the... uh, In the Lucha House Party, these guys are giants among men? Well, well, no. I'm saying that that the Baron Corbin regime, until Alexa Bliss takes over, and she's obviously going to take over at some point. That 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 the reason why other why big he, big heels get favors, small heels, well, you're short, so I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to help you guys. I, I couldn't believe they did a three on one baby face versus heel match, and 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 they were expecting people to cheer this. I I, I I'm I don't know what what's the end game of this. At some point, it has to get revealed 
who it is that allows the Lucha House Party to wrestle like this. And it's been unchallenged by Corbin. And for someone who is very clearly being featured heavily in the narrative arc of these shows over the last couple of weeks, no, that's a there's, decision. There's no storyline logic to this. I, I, I think this is just powers at bay, and everybody's going to know which power I think this is, saying, oh, you like traditional tag team wrestling? Well, you're a fuddy-duddy. This is the fun stuff. This is, look, they're just out there having fun, and these wins and losses don't matter, and sure, you may like your traditional old-school tag No, I think that that's part of the foundation of this. That's clearly, yes, the powers that be, and we know who you're alluding to, clearly are taking a piss on traditionalists like you and I. Mm -hmm. However, this is also going to get bent into some sort of semi-coherent story. I don't don't know what that is. It's it's not entirely clear to me, but someone is, someone in quotes, is making the Lucha House Party rules, and we will find that out at some point. Well, I think maybe he's doing a favor for Drake Maverick, and then, you know, you get your Lucha House Party versus... AOP three on two match. I, I think that's the end game. Is just to get those three as a unit out there, out there, out there, and then the AOP is going to kill them. Um, and then the revival is is nothing. Uh, speaking of tag teams that have been uh, <laughs> misaligned and misabused and and just misused, uh, it's the end of Rhino and Heath Slater, a team that outkicked its coverage by getting over with one of the goofiest skits ever goofiest gimmicks ever to the point where american alpha's coronation as smackdown tag champions had to wait because we had something with rhino and heath slater i don't know i i'm hoping that they put rhino down in nxt because that's where he was for a while let him be down there forever if you don't think he has any value on the main roster um my, my thinking is, I would... This act you know, was a good act. It's a real shame that they have been misused the way they have because it was organic. The crowd just connected to this. You'd think that this kind of goofy fun would be the exact thing Vince was looking for, but it wasn't how he planned it out in his head, and that frustrates him even. He can't even enjoy the W because it wasn't on his terms. Well, I think he views Rhino as old. Um, sure. And Rhino's 43. Well, and he uh, views for, Heath Slater as a hick. For me, yeah, and because, and well, he talks funny. Um, right. Yeah, I I would kill. And I, I posted this somewhere. I forget if it was Voices of Wrestling or Figure Four. I would love, while we're waiting for Fandango to come back, you package Tyler Breeze and Heath Slater as a tag team. You'd send them down to NXT you change their gear to straight wrestling gear, and you let them be a traditional high-action, high work-rate tag team. And you watch them get over down there, facing guys like the Mighty. Man, or even the and Slater versus Birch and Lorkin would actually be a lot of fun. Them, the, uh, the, the uh, Undisputed Era, you could have those... Uh, man, because I, I love Heath Slater. I love that team with him and... Uh, the, whatever PJ Black's name was before he left when they were in the Nexus. That was an underrated tag team. Um, I forget. Justin Gabriel. Thank you. Justin Gabriel. 
I thought they were a vastly underrated tag team. Yeah, something like that. I I don't know. But uh, speaking of tag teams, it has now been brought up again, both in popular media as friend of the show, Marquia McCarty, had a interview with Lana who thought that the women's tag team champions were going to be crowned at Evolution. Now we're getting Sasha and Bayley dropping hints on WWE TV. I'm thinking that... uh, I'm thinking all this is just an angle to split up Sasha and Bailey. I'm I'm on it again. I I, I, I don't think there's going to be any surprise to this. I know you're that, being very conspiratorial tonight. No, I'm just I'm just not high on a lot of these angles because I know how quickly things change and they just. I mean, who was it? Todd Todd Martin, another friend of the show, was was like going through all the people who have turned in just the last two months, and it's like half the roster. So I think they're just doing this to shake. They're they're shaking things up just to shake them up. So I don't think any partnership is going to last all that long unless you're already an established team. Yeah, and the problem with the way they've shaken things up is, yes, there have been a lot of turns. However, a lot of those turns are things like Dana Brooke no reason turns or Sonya Deville sort of kind of turns babyface for a week and a half and then turns back. Uh, who else? Mickey James, no reason turned. Uh, there's yeah. been so many no reason turns that, yeah, you're shaking things up, but it's actually more jarring if you're paying attention to how things are getting shaken up. So in a weird way, it punishes the person who pays attention. Any thoughts on the Ronda Rousey angle that uh, started and ended the show? Um, Not really. I, it's <laughs> not doing anything for me still. Yeah, it's it just more heat. It, Natty apparently is legit injured, so she's out for a while. Okay. Um, I think Ever Moon's an interesting replacement, and it gets her doing things. And frankly, I'm more interested in an Ember and Ronda match than any of the stuff with Nia. Well, if she hadn't been so injured to get over this Nia and Tamina act, you know, it might have been a nice surprise to have brought her back if she had been put out for like a couple weeks. And then bring her back. But everybody, I, I don't, was there anybody else on the roster we hadn't seen other than other than Ember Moon? I mean, every other woman had been in a segment at some point, And all the faces had been in a segment at some point. So, of course, it's going to be Ember Moon. <laughs> uh, you know, it was nice she got, the, she got to hit her big move, um, which is always impressive. I'm a big Ember Moon fan. I thought, I thought man, when she got moved up to the main roster... And she was getting. I thought that this was one of the monster these pops. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Monster I just thought pops that they just can't miss. On. Yep. Yeah. Again. Yeah. That's me. But I, I thought it was okay. Uh, I saw a couple of gifs out there that showed basically Ronda punching air, and I think Nia just selling it from like two feet away, which which you know needs a little work. But uh, yeah, we're getting Nia Jackson and uh, Ronda Rousey in two weeks at TLC. Speaking of which, we started off SmackDown with the three-way contract signing between Asuka, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. Uh, I don't know if I can order this, but if I could... How much do you think it would cost to have Asuka follow me around and cuss at me in Japanese? Because I I never stop enjoying that. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm not sure. I, I mean, you know, really, it's... I guess everyone sets their own rate, I suppose. I 
I just wanted to keep it amongst the three of them. And, and this is like the second week in a row where it's like, okay, we got Becky and we got Charlotte feuding and they're arguing. And then all of a sudden, Mandy. I'm like, I got nothing against Mandy Rose. I like Sonya Deville a lot. I thought she was pretty good on the mic here. But every week they're both coming out going, you're giving them chances and not giving us chances. All right, come on in. And then they just get the crap beat out of them. And due to like some fluke, they'll get a win occasionally. But it's not the strongest of win. It wasn't the most logical of, oh, Asuka kicked Charlotte all of a sudden. Oh, it was meant to be an accident. Oh, maybe not. Because we just went through that with AJ and Daniel Bryan. Do something else. Actually build these three and keep them away from each other. Yeah, because there's a stupid baby face syndrome. You actually nailed it. This is the exact same. That is the exact same booking pattern as the AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan thing, where like one guy hit the other guy with a kick or something accidentally, and then the other guy reacted by just attacking the other guy. Well, going back, going back to our territory thing, this is why people won't cheer baby faces anymore because they're so effing stupid or they become devoid of personality kind of like aj styles did at the end of smackdown like i was like where is this guy's flavor he has like he felt he was doing a good job selling but boy he felt really bland i just was like not connecting with the dude at all that's it's dc comic syndrome all their good guys are bland when it comes to it, because you know they're always going to do the right thing at the right time, and it's always the villains that color them, and and it's it's so you know it, it's why Superman is such a hard character to write so many times because you always know Superman's going to do the right thing. You Never mind the fact. How do you if you want to do kind of superhero booking patterns? How do you possibly create the hero to what anti-hero thing Daniel Bryan is throwing down right now? Like, oh. what is the polar opposite of that? Daniel Bryan. Okay, let's let's get into this because I found the dichotomy of him quoting Alexander Hamilton and then going into <laughs> sustainability yes. promo. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, yeah, no, I said the more you know about politics, the more it makes your head hurt. Yes, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for an Alexis de Tocqueville uh, dissertation. No, you know what along they need to do, Jeff? Solar power. They, yeah, right. <laughs> what they just need to do was pick a philosopher. When he said, "I'm going to quote a great man," I was like, "Cool." It'll probably be like Aristotle, or you know, if you want to get funny, Nietzsche, which would really fit this character. No, we, we go into founding fathers, and I was like, "If you follow politics at all, I don't want to break it down like that." But this is. It offends pretty much everyone I can think of sensibilities at one point or another in ways that are just awkward, not necessarily no, I, I, heelish. <laughs> I want him quoting Thomas Paine next week, obviously. You know, <laughs> a little, and then, you know. No, I would open little, it up with Thomas Paine and close with Karl Marx. Or, or Edmund Burke, yeah, sure. We'll get to that. Well, yeah, maybe open with Edmund Burke and close with Karl Marx. Because you've got you've to go, go hard left, yeah. hard right, yeah. Oh, and and now at this point, just listening to the promo about water bottles and hyper. I think the excuse is the hyperbolic chamber or hyperbaric chamber, not, not hyperbolic. Hyperbolic chamber is politics. I like that because he's come out and now he's completely lost his mind, and it's driving him mad. And it and that's that's I think that's the story they're telling here. I'm. No, I don't I'm even a, think it's that sophisticated. I, I we, no, I you have to revise down now. He's just going to be this mishmash of yeah yeah 
of, of everything he's been. It's going to be, you know, pretty soon it's going to be, I'm the first sustainable superstar. You know, all my all my gear is hemp and, and recycled right. And let paper. me tell you, all of you people, <laughs> let me govern you. I know what's better. The masses are stupid. You need oh, to. Oh, the you people promos. Yes, yes. we have to get the you people promos. Well, back we're already getting the like, you people promos. I mean, you, we're going to have to get them back. They're right here. They've arrived. There's plenty of them. Drink. They're weak like you. I mean, you're not living your. It, it, it's like heel Ed Begley or something. He's gonna. <laughs> he's gonna be gone. No, it's like Edmund Begley because there's the conservative thing with the very green liberal thing going on at the same time. Yeah. I hate the people. I, I, I that disdain for the populist thing going on. But then also the twist is because of environment. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> where. Where did, uh, I'm, I'm trying to have faith because I think Daniel Bryan is a smart performer, and I think he does. I, have I was some with him on the on first character. Week. Remember, I I was on board. I was on board the first week. I did not like this twist this week. Twists this week. Twists. Well, there was two. I mean, there we as I said, we first we went Alexander Hamilton, and then we went sustainability. That's two different wrinkles. <laughs> Yeah, so and he's always going to be the new Daniel Bryan for the for, yes. for here on. I'm, I'm fine with the thing. new Daniel Bryan. Thing. Yeah, so am I. So am I. I, I. I think that's a nice little heelish touch um, and a point of delineation in case anyone's not following along or still thinks that they are getting quote the old Daniel Bryan. Oh, I thought you. Sorry, I thought that was a setup for a point. No, that was the point. <laughs> oh, okay. You need to listen closer. You're killing me. I here. did. You need no, to lay I, off. You need to lay off the tray, man. Lay it, off the it was tray. A, it was the vocal inflection. It's like, oh, and the, anybody the, the delineation, and then the comma, and then I was waiting for the second half of it. There your wasn't a comma. That was a period. That was a period. <laughs> Are, are we done with punctuation talk with Jeff and Chris, or can we get oh, back I think to the show? We are. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you have any other points on SmackDown, let's get to them. Um, what else happened on SmackDown? You know what? I still really like the Usos, and whenever they come out, I love their entrance. I, I love the swagger that those two guys have coming down in the ring, and their theme song's really good. Like them. I like the New Day. I, I like Cesaro, but I'm tired of seeing this combination this is stale. of all three. I'm, I'm sick of this, but I, I just was reminded, oh, yeah, the Usos. I really like them. They're very good. Cesaro is the Dolph Ziggler of, of Smackdown. Smackdown. Yeah, he is. Because that, I mean, look, that that spot with the uh, swing with with Xavier on his shoulders, impressive as hell. Love watching Cesaro. Love watching his feats of strength. Love watching him work. Should have gotten do- over. There was a point in time where he could have. But he doesn't matter. And yep. it's one of those things where it's, and he's going to take the fall usually in these types of matches. And I'm just like, okay, that was entertaining, but why should I invest any time? I don't care that the bar has the belts. I, I, I don't. It doesn't make them more credible. It just makes them an act that now it's their turn with the titles. And I'm just... You know, I, I think the three-way between these three teams will be great. I think it's going to be a fantastic match. I just, it'll be like... It's an old gonna, pairing at this point. Well, yeah, it, it, it's the Hardys and, and the Dudleys at this point. They're going to kill themselves, and they're going to have to come out the next night and cut promos. And it's like, without showing damage, without showing that it's a blood feud of any kind, 
we had a great match. We made the people smile. You have my respect. And it becomes something like that. I, I'm... I I just don't know. I'm I'm this TLC card is full of potential. I I'm very looking forward to what happens with Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka. because I think there's there's a possibility of a twist in here. Yes. Depending on which way they're gonna go, because I think there's a possibility that Becky drops the title and wins the Rumble. I think there's that huge possibility right there. Um, you know, and the other matches are going to be good. They're going to be car crashes. There's going to be some smoke and mirrors. Dean Ambrose is always a little bit more interesting with, with a hardcore stipulation in there. So that should be kind of fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, but these but shows for- along the way have just been pulling teeth. Yeah, it, it's, it's obviously treading water. It's obviously trying to do a lot of it's not even though treading water because it's Vince trying to tinker with things and making it actively worse. I, I just don't think they're progressing to anything. I don't I don't think they have the the month to month plan. I think they have plans, but I, I think it's kinda like one oh, of those okay, well, sure. let's, let's get through this next pay per view and then we can start booking for Rumble and then from Rumble we can go to WrestleMania and then we'll have a path right there. This is silly season, so to speak. That said Having taken a peek at the NXT spoilers for the upcoming weeks, I'm so looking forward to our Thursday show. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to our first Patreon show, Chris. Where can they check out the Patreon? You can check out the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash shake them ropes. This month, we are taking a look at the careers of the great Muda and Jinsei Shinsake, two wrestlers that Jeff and I are both very fond of. And we will be going through a selection of matches. So if you get on the Patreon, sometime in the next few days here, you'll see the list of matches. That is, of course, if you are a Patreon subscriber. Otherwise, it will remain a mystery to you. And then sometime after that, you will see the episode at some point here in December, probably within the next seven to ten days. Yeah, and we got to do a little bit of planning for for the other episode this month. Might be our silly season one, or we might just do the... any kind of award show there or for free. I don't know what we're going to do towards the end of the month here when nothing's going on. But, uh, you know, it'll be fun to play with. It's just a tip jar, Patreon kids. We're not looking to pay our rents with these things. Just a couple bucks here and there so that, uh, you know, for the Chris time, get more stuff for the work. For the, yeah. And for the tray. For the tray. And for, for Chris's tray. tray. Well, yeah. I, it's, you know, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I would like to think of it more of the watching and the editing and all of that. But, yeah, and yes. also the tray. I mean, well, think, well, think gotta, of the work, gotta, not the play. Well, you got to have things to cope with the work. <laughs> Yours cost Where's, more. Yeah, tell the people where they can find you. At C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O is where I am on Twitter. My other show is Don't Worry About the Government. There will be another episode of Don't Worry About the Government. Actually, like two episodes of Don't Worry About the Government. This week, go to don'tworry.tv or subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And last but not least, the All in the Family podcast will be up intermittently. But you can check it out and binge it, which is the whole point of that show. And you can find that at allinthefamilypodcast.com You can follow me at Crap Game 13 I tend to just post about wrestling and occasionally bad jokes. Uh, you can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Generally, it's just a feed for when the new episode comes up. 
Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com, join the forums, have a lot of intelligent conversation over there right now. It's award season, so we're all kind of debating who's going to be what, where, how, best wrestler of the year. Not a lot of people on the WWE roster, main roster, uh, going to be eligible for those best awards, but there are a few for those worst awards. And we'll see you uh, later this week with uh, NXT and 205 Live and anything else we missed. (laughs) Ha <laughs>